Hey Nora. Hey Sandy. So, how you feeling? What's up? Uh, I'm feeling really good. It's been a it's been a great week. Has it? <laughs> Are you feeling really good because you know that you have the ability to say whatever you want in this country and get away with it because free speech? You know what? I have not even thought about that in a long time. You're so right. You're so right. It feels so good. Oh, oh my God. Before we jump into this, actually, can we just talk very, 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 very briefly because these guys do not deserve our voice boxes. But can we talk very briefly about free speech um, Vanguard member numero uno, um, Jordan Peterson, and his good bud, Slavoj Zizek. Oh, my God. And how they're going to be debating. I don't Who is putting this on? How they're going to be debating each other on happiness. Oh, my. I, it's like, are there two less, like, less happy kind of guys to ask <laughs> to have this debate? Like, two people who have brought misery to the world. <laughs> I just. <laughs> well, <laughs> It's, so it's at the Sony Center, so fuck you, Sony Center, for thinking that that's going to fetch some tickets. Fuck mm. the pricing. Like, the front row seat is $500. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck would pay that kind of cash to see those two guys up close? Like, ooh. I mean, I really don't think either of them have smiled even in a really long time. I bet they have great teeth. <laughs> I don't really get the allure of it. I, you know, when I go to a theater, I don't want to watch two trash cans trash can on about being trash cans. It's like, play I mean, some I would probably want to watch trash cans more than that. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like people playing trash cans? That'd be cool. Sure, or just trash cans. You'd be like, well, this is an interesting art piece. <laughs> More interesting than these two guys <laughs> debating happiness or whatever. Like, ah, oh, so it's it, it's so ridiculous. I, I I actually played the trash can lid in high school for percussion. So, oh, cool. Is it because you guys were doing like a um, production of Stomp or something? No, no, no. It wasn't like that. Uh, it was in a, a Star Wars arrangement actually that I had to play the trash can lid. So, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, that that is a that is the 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 peak I would say of free speech in Canada. <laughs> Zizek and Peterson wanking off, and a theater full of men waiting for them to wank off. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's really great that they have this platform actually, because I don't know if you all have heard, <laughs> but Jordan Peterson is um, supporting people like I don't know if you've heard about Michael Buchert, who's being um, sued by some people who pretend to like free speech but actually hate it and Jordan, P Jordan Peterson is right there he's like Michael Buchert I support you <laughs> you know these people are suing you trying to shut you up but I got your back because I truly believe in free speech so thank you Peterson oh, holy fuck <laughs> that's not happening I lied sorry mm. yeah okay so this episode <laughs> is about grifters it's oh my god did you see identitygrifter.ca who, who who just set that fucking website up what no i'm gonna go check that out while you explain what you were explaining awesome so Lindsay shepherd everyone's favorite ta ta 
like, I know. I, I heard you struggling to come up with a title for her. Makes sense. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine being called a TA for the rest of your life? Like, that's a fucking reason to not be a controversial TA because, like, oh god, you don't want that to follow around. Um, okay, your... so I, identity grifter is not a site. So I don't know. What oh, maybe about. it's .com. Try .com. So so apparently Lindsay Shepard. Uh, is now into like uh, talking about who identity grifters are. I'm not exactly sure what she uh, means by that term, but this, this is the grifter episode. The Petersons, the Shepherds, the fucking free speechers of the world and how much they are lying about giving a fucking third of a rat's ass about our free speech and the direction or the connection between free speechers and the extremely anti-free speech policies of our government mm. well your government because i'm not in ontario i mean you know that oh no i have no comeback for that you're right um so <laughs> also pretty bizarre i don't know if you noticed this but you know how doug ford has that like free speech on campus policy thing that he did where he was like you know, if you want grants, Ontario universities and colleges, you will have a free speech policy that effectively clamps down on speech. You know, do you know the one? You know the one I'm yeah, talking yeah. about? So Trump just announced that for the United States. Like if, <laughs> if colleges in the United States are to get these federal grants, they must have a free speech policy, which is essentially to clamp down on speech from uh, left-wing students, which is like so bizarre. But here we are. This is it. New normal. This is so fucked. So let's back up. When Doug Ford put forward this free speech policy, he referenced the University of Chicago principles of free speech. I hadn't heard much about what the fuck that was. I don't know. Did you were you an expert in the University of Chicago's principles of free speech at that point? Hell no. No. So I've been writing for something in a, a project that I'm working on right now, and it gave me the opportunity to dive into the University of Chicago kind of brouhaha. And what happened there was the University of Chicago, their dean of students, a guy called Dave Ellison, he put out a statement in 2016 uh, welcoming students to campus, being like, yay, you got accepted to campus. This is the greatest years of your life. And by the way, if you fucking think that you can have a safe fucking space on our campus, you can fuck yourself because safe spaces and trigger warnings are for fucking babies. <laughs> Sounds like the appropriate way to address new students. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that happened because the, the year previous, Black Lives Matter at the University of Chicago was very active and they protested various talks actually I think maybe only one talk where I the details of this talk are a little bit too like American politics I forget exactly what it was but there was a, a, a speaker who Black Lives Matter protested and then there was a speaker uh, who denied the Armenian genocide and Armenian students protested and that was enough to just freak the fucking hell out of Ellison and then this statement comes out and so the University of Chicago um, it at the same time as it you know, uh, claims to care about free speech, it completely ridicules the activists who are like, uh, sorry, the campus is an exchange of fucking ideas and here is our idea and fuck you for saying that we can't have our own ideas by having our speech limited under your free speech policy. This is fucked up. 
That's really interesting that that's the history there because also in in you know Toronto Ontario politics like the the reason why Jordan Peterson became so um, infamous or famous was also because of some work and action by Black Lives Matter activists at the University of Toronto campus who are trying to um, get a bunch of policies changed so that the the campus would be a more inclusive and welcoming space for those aren't the words that we used but <laughs> whatever those are the ones that just came to my mind at this time i know there are better ones um uh, for black students and uh one of those things was um training uh for faculty across uh the campus about you know the way that they should be talking and interacting with uh, different kinds of students and he he took that like real exception and opposition to that and then like made this YouTube video about what these students which you know full disclosure included myself were asking for or demanding of the campus um, uh, which was literally like come on learn some more and act right and 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 how he thought that that type of policy, in addition to the the legal changes for the human rights code, were going to affect his ability to like be a dick as a professor. Um, so again, in response to what uh, you know, students who are uh, a part of Black organizing on campus were doing, which um, is a, an oft left out uh, part of the story. But if, you know, this the specific students who were targeted. Um, let me tell you, we have not forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that that's actually forgotten or left out of the narrative because, you know, when you when you look at these fights from that perspective, or as I was going through the research and what happened in the University of Chicago, seeing like third and second year students who are like literally taking on the administration mm-hmm. and, and, and just making them so afraid by saying hey this is unacceptable to us we will not allow this to happen on our campus or you can do it if you want but we're going to protest it and that's our right as much as it's their right to have an event like we don't often talk about the free speech world as being like uh the new inception of maintaining white supremacy in Mm -hmm. various spaces yeah but that's obviously all it is and that's why the press cares more about talking about someone's free speech in the perspective of like a Lindsay Shepard protecting her free speech and not about the free speech of Black Lives Matter activists or in Shepard's case, uh, you know, someone who doesn't identify with a pronoun being forced to listen to that pronoun being used against them. It's like white supremacy is so slippery and obvious sometimes and not slippery at all. But in this case, it's so slippery that if you buck that trend the powers that be that benefit from white supremacy, they like don't really care. But if you announce that you are a, a pro free speech person, you can make yourself rich in the case of fucking Peterson, famous ish in the case of fucking Lindsay Shepard. Uh, or you can make yourself a lot of money in the case of a lot of uh, national columnists who've made their made a lot of their their own personal attention thanks to their writing about this issue. And of course, because of white supremacy and anti-blackness, it's easier to do that when your opponent is uh, black organizers, because it, you know, so often 
the 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 media and the culture around us make us seem irrational. It's easier to do that when the people that you're responding to are trans folks because the culture around us makes tries to construct us as like irrational or weird, even though it's like, you know, if you were truly about free speech, everything that we're saying, you would be totally on side. But let's talk about how this like very, you know, these these very people who claim to love free speech so, so much, how they actually act on the day to day to stop people on the left like maybe like you, Nora, <laughs> from from saying all the things that we should freely be allowed to say, like yeah. you, Nora, like a guy named Michael Bucher, which we'll tell you about. Yeah, like you, Sandy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not allowed to talk about such things, honestly. So if you think it's happened to me, that probably makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> But I have no comment on it either way because my free speech has been limited. <laughs> well, and and I have uh, a full range of free speech uh, to be able to talk about what's happened with me only because I had a lawyer basically misfire at, at me and fuck up and couldn't force uh, confidentiality, couldn't force a settlement other than me not ex- agreeing to not be able to talk about what happened. So there's... There's a tendency among a certain kind of uh, freak show on the right to just throw around lawsuits and to scare people into being quiet. Go fucking figure. Yeah. And it's and it's just it's like textbook crushing using 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 state structures in this case, like the courts to crush someone's free speech. Mm -hmm. Now, you may not have heard about this issue because, as was just said, this is a maintenance of white supremacy and a tool to continue the maintenance of white supremacy. And so when someone's free speech is actually being crushed, um, that isn't in the same trend, you don't hear about it. So Michael Bucher is uh, being sued and he's being sued by a guy named Michelle DeFranco. And DeFranco is from the University of Ottawa, is an executive member of their free speech society. And this cat loves free speech so fucking much that... He's suing Michael for something he said. <laughs> he said, he you know, said. like, yes, which, you know, some hit the speech that he used. It's like he Michael Bucher um, speaks out about uh, the way that these campus free speech folks are able to influence uh, Doug Ford's policies in the Ontario government and specifically influence um, the uh, policy on campus free speech and the policy on uh, campus da, 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 uh, uh, what is the word that it, uh, choice like the student choice in initiative where students can like we've talked about this in previous episodes where where in the in the future apparently in September 2019 though don't know how that's going to happen uh, students will be able to choose um, individually not as a collective um, whether to support certain um, services on campus, which is a measure that is designed to eliminate um, progressive services on campus like the food bank and like LGBTQ centers and so on. And so Michael Bukert is like exposes that Doug Ford had very few um, people that he 
consulted, very few people in um, uh, groups that he consulted before putting forward this this uh, policy, and that one of them was the the organization of which this guy who's suing him, what's his name again? DeFranco. DeFranco is on, and he exposes this. And DeFranco then sends him some sort of like cease and desist or retract type of thing where Michael Buchard's like, what? That's weird. I thought you were like the president of the free speech club. Like, I'm very confused. And then and then he gets slapped. Yeah. With a lawsuit. Yeah. And, and actually, in that first in that first notice, uh, the guy was like, you know what? Just give us two thousand dollars and this will go away. <laughs> Bizarre. Which is. Which is like extortion, right? It's like, are you fucking, are you fucking kidding me? So anyway, so, so this, so DeFranco is suing um, Buchert for $150,000. And at issue is whether or not DeFranco can be called alt-right because he went on Gavis McInnes's show, Gavin McInnes's show. And because he made other comments that like support like right-wing stuff. I mean, why don't these guys just fucking own who they are? <laughs> yeah, like be proud of your who of who you are, you know? Just get right in there, have a party in your true nature. Yeah, so this is this is now this is broken. Uh very few journalists have covered it. Um and this is partly like again because when we talk about actual attacks on free speech, it doesn't seem to twig journalists on the same way as it does that someone has compelled speech to use someone's pronouns. But we have seen this. We have seen this before. And we've seen this before. And we've seen this before. I mean, I, like when I was I was sued in 2012 by someone and he alleged that I said that he was against the Canadian Federation of Students because he was on a campus handing out flyers against the Canadian Federation of Students. And it was like, this is obviously a nuisance suit, you fucking asshole. Like, I will see you in court. And after two years of saying, I will see you in court, something happened. I'm not privy to what happened because there was a something with my former publisher and the whole thing went away. But for three years, I had to exist in the knowledge that this fucking asshole was trying to extract tens, tens of thousands of dollars from me. I think it was $25,000. All because I reported something that not only had happened, we had photo evidence of it, but that's not even controversial. The guy hated the Canadian Federation of Students. He made his career on that later on. So, I mean, we... like. There's legislation in Ontario now called anti-slap legislation that's supposed to stop frivolous lawsuits like this from going forward. But, I mean, <laughs> the tactic alone is frightening. And if you've never been there, it's hard to describe what it feels like to get that notice to say that you and your speech, what you have said or what you have written, even if it has been done in good faith and it is true to the extent that you understand things to be true that someone is challenging you in a court of law and silencing you until this situation is resolved or not resolved. Sometimes it's never, yeah. sometimes you can never talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. As I know quite well. And like, I'm, I'm not referring to anything that may have happened to me in the last few years, but there is like before, you know, like when you and I were working in the same office, I think there was a couple times when we were, 
I don't, I don't remember if you were named on any of these, but there's a couple times where we were threatened with uh, similar free speech lawsuits from um, different types of people. Were you ever named in any of these? I can't remember. Uh, I mean, I was threatened once by the president of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party uh, for a lawsuit to which I was like, I will just see you in court. And then it never happened. And then I was sued another time as well. Yeah, like so like this is a this is a tactic that these folks have been employing for a really long time. Some of us are super familiar with it because we've we've, you know, um, experienced it several times and it has like it can have some real lasting consequences. So but besides the fact that like it is kind of hard to go through um, individually, part of it is that it's like it's meant to quell um, the ability of folks like um, us who are organizing on the left and, and saying the things that need to be said from being effective. It's a, a massive distraction uh, and it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And so uh, Michael Buchert, we will in our show notes uh, let everybody know about a GoFundMe where he's um, seeking some assistance for legal bills because these things can become quite costly if they go forward. Yeah. And especially, you know, they can they can really last a, uh, a long time. They can last years. And sometimes that is in the benefit of the people who are who are submitting these lawsuits. Like that's what they want is to tie you up for years. Um, and uh, let's talk about how this really affects organizing and why they use these tactics. Yeah, well, first of all, they're effective because people just prefer to not be sued. Um, and so, you know, when you get a cease and desist letter that says, like, you, you know, you will delete the material, you will apologize, it's often easier to just do that. Right. It's easier mm -hmm. to just get rid of the record of what you were saying and to not be hassled by it and to just delete it. Now, they can still sue you. So it's also kind of like, well, what the fuck is the point? Because if you're being an asshole, like, you know, don't tango with an asshole. That's, I think, rule number one. Mm -hmm. But, you know, our movements are, are not in a good place right now. Mm -hmm. Our movements are really broken. And in some case, there is no movement. And so if, when you're when you're blogging and connecting the dots between who Doug Ford is, oh my God, Doug fucking Ford, who Rob Ford is consulting when he says, oh yes, I've consulted with students. And you can- Why did you say, you, did you just correct from Doug to Rob? <laughs> yeah, you did. No, you had it right the first Jesus. time. Rob's the dead one. Okay, right, right, right. Anyway, who, so the guy's <laughs> consulting with like, with- quote unquote free speech activists who we have already established come from a tradition of wanting to maintain white supremacy so i have no problem saying free speech activists in the current formulation on campuses are directly or indirectly complicit in maintaining white supremacy fucking sue me number two once that happens you, you don't have a community behind you to be able to say holy fuck like this has just happened to me what do i do how do i manage it and I, I've I've talked with people before uh, about like what to expect, you know, not from like from absolutely not a legal perspective, but from the perspective of someone who has been sued. So and actually more often the more often than not with women who are being threatened by men uh, for if they speak about mm -hmm. experiences that they might have had. And the point is to keep the silence that allows them to maintain the power that they already have so here we have someone with a direct mm -hmm. connection to doug ford in that he was part of the group 
that helped to implement this bull fucking shit policy that needs to be set on fucking fire and fuck you every single university president that has bought into this and has actually tried to make it work on their campus Mm -hmm. that an agent so he's effectively an agent of the state silencing a critic of the state Mm -hmm. what the Mm -hmm. that's that's like yeah that's that's like the definition (laughs) of not having free speech (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like it's the hypocrisy is like so obvious it's like astounding that um that more journalists aren't interested in this kind of thing which is which is truly bizarre to me but it like the implications are um are pretty major because what it means is that they've identified michael nora anyone else who's gone through this sort of thing as uh, people of interest who are able to make who are able to influence uh how other people view a situation and who are able to to connect the dots in a way that they don't want connected i don't really know why like it's obvious and it's not anything weird but what they what they are effectively trying to do is to to stop you from being able to do any of the good work that we you know that people like us are doing and it's um it's like that you bring up a very important point in that on the left we don't have the type of infrastructure where we can like go to some organization immediately knowing that they can take care of Michael Buchert's or your like legal fees and make sure that you're protected and make sure that there's someone there behind you. Whereas on the other side, they, they do have those <laughs> supports. They have those supports up the wazoo. And so it's like, it's really, really hard uh, when that stuff happens to folks on the left because mm-hmm. um, there's there's just not a lot there to, to, to see us through uh, to the end of whatever legal procedure has to happen as a result of it. And people have to remember, you can literally sue someone for anything, <laughs> like you, anything you want. If you can find a lawyer who will like be a part of your whatever, like I can sue Nora for something that has like, oh my God, zero basis in truth. And yeah, uh, and I can tie her up for as long as I have money to tie her up and to submit more motions or more, uh, you know, additions to the lawsuit on top of it. Um, as, as, as long as I have the money to do that. And so without having those types of resources on the left, you can really, really affect the ability of organizers to do what they want to do. Yeah, no, that exactly. And so this is where average people, I would consider Michael average, right? Like the guy is just an average guy who blogs and who's on the left. Uh, we really- A grad student, I believe. We really do need journalists to say, hold on, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is a tremendous attack on free speech and, and, and even more pernicious than a simple attack on free speech. But it's it's under the guise of like this backwards free speech kind of thing that's going on. A, a vice president of a student club for free speech who helped to destroy uh, the uh, autonomous student organizing on campus, which is going to have profound imp- 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 uh, impact on free speech on campus and these free speech fucking protocols, which are bullshit and which will hurt the left even further, is suing someone. <laughs> which is why they're doing it. The- <laughs> exactly. So it's like, let's let's take the perspective of what happened with Lindsay Shepard, because I feel like that that provides us with a bit of a a template. Right. So 
the only reason why we fucking know who she is is because she recorded a meeting with her professor where she was like, I'm not respecting someone's pronouns. That is literally all that fucking happened. Mm-hmm. And now she's someone who we know and who's been published and, and, and who can write for the National Post when she wants to and uh, and who gets uh, things covered about her in the in the mainstream press. At what point at what point do like can we take back the press? <laughs> Just take it back. <laughs> like, oh, my God. What the fuck? Please. So things are getting worse in Ontario. Uh, things very likely will get worse under uh, in the federal situation like you know Trudeau might not win the next election if it's Andrew Scheer if the People's Party of Maxime Bernier get more uh, bold our free speech is like we really actually have something here to fight for and we really have something here to protect I feel that um, you know very often these uh, these politicians test out whatever types of policies that they they want to to have happen for the world at large on campuses. I don't know what the campus free speech policy looks like beyond the campus, but I don't doubt that that they want it to be more far reaching than campuses. So I, you know, like that that is it is an actual major threat. Yeah. <laughs> and that that makes me very very nervous. It's a major fucking threat and it's like so there's the the question about the the testing that I think you're totally right about. But it's also like how weak we understand collective rights and our collective mm-hmm. right to dissent. It's it's like it should not like Michael should have been front page news in a couple of days after this lawsuit was deposited. Um, w- when we're when we're talking about uh, the ways in which people are allowed to speak or not speak, like what's happening with Jody Wilson-Raybould is another interesting example of the power dynamic between when someone you know is is unable to speak because of a uh, solicitor client privilege but has something that is of state importance to say what is the balance between the legal regime that protects confidentiality and that prohibits her from speaking versus the public interest of blowing the whistle on something that she thinks is um is that is is incorrect i mean in quebec we just had a, a high-ranking minute um a staff person in the ministry of agriculture be fired for blowing the whistle on something and uh it turned into a bit of a scandal because thank god he had his union behind him and his union has been able to mobilize support for him and uh and so that situation is still is still playing out but I, I, like this is a very precious thing that we have our freedom of speech in in society and it's going to be way more difficult to continue to say things if the signals from the united states you know is like that's going to happen here that there's going to be more repression that there's going to be more clamp down on on what we do and if you look at how government in canada has already dealt with matters of quote-unquote free speech like look no further than than Israeli apartheid week or how the provincial and the federal legislatures tried to make it I I mean not illegal but uh, almost maybe illegal to even make a parallel that Israel is operating in an apartheid legal framework which is pretty fucking obvious and not controversial Mm -hmm. at all to say yeah yeah um 
I mean, you hit so many nails on the head right there. It's just like, uh, I mean, I we are often talking about on this podcast, like the failures of the media. I just, like, do you think that they're avoiding this on purpose or do you think that we they just don't get it? Do you think that we, like so many people... Um, misunderstand what free speech truly is um, that they that when when free speech is like not at all being attacked they're like we must write about this and then when free speech is like truly actually being attacked they're like well, what's that over there like what 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 is going on where when this type of stuff is happening our media is like nowhere I think it goes back to how we started the episode and that these that this is actually just a question of maintaining maintaining white supremacy and that the press is so embedded in it that, you know, if it's an editor's decision on this is a story and this isn't a story, that this isn't really a story because it's a nuisance lawsuit against a random blogger. And why would we cover it? Right. I, right. It, I, like everything comes back to this logic of maintaining the society in which they are implicated that they that the role of the press in Canada today is to maintain the illusion of a white Canada that has that respects the rule of law where everybody is equal where uh, <laughs> did you just you know, say respect the rule of law did you just say that <laughs> yeah I don't want to hear another motherfucker say that ever again <laughs> <laughs> they fucking believe this though right and it's like Jesus Christ, guys, like, look at what is happening. Like, even the coverage about the free speech policies from the Ford government has not been that great. You know, there is no. a column, Denise Balkasun did a column in The Globe at the end of December about this issue. Um, there has been very little focus on the on that on the on getting rid of student autonomous organizing as an issue of free speech, which it fundamentally is. Um, and so there's been there's no columnist writing about it. I guess there's no columnist married to student activists, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> if you listen to it's last true. week's show, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it just doesn't it just doesn't it, it like stand out as news in the same way that it should. And and this should really worry people because it just shows that when true attacks on our free speech happen, the press, which is like the first to go when when attacks on free speech happens. They're not they're not equipped for this. They're not prepared for this because they don't see how implicated they are in creating the same structures that'll come back and kill them later on. Yeah, I w it's going to be interesting to see how um, this is covered differently in the United States as the you know as yeah. Trump as Trump um, puts forward this. The, you know the the like kind of replication of the campus free speech policy in the United States I I wonder if they're going to be facing the same problem that Canadian journalism faces um, they have a more uh, diverse uh, journalist world out there so it'll be interesting to see how they cover it and whether or not that affects yeah. the coverage in Canada um, I have I have like no analysis on whether it will or not. I'm just, you know, really curious about uh, the way that that can affect how we cover it. And I hope it I hope it does. And, and in a good way, because like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I just don't understand um, how the coverage of this can be so non-existent. Mm hmm. Well, part, part of it, too, is it's like um, there's just a lot of chauvinism in the press when it comes to the campuses. And this has been something that's existed for years and years and years. And it's different. 
Um, it's different in the United States, I think, in a way. Um, but what I see really different is in Quebec versus the rest of Canada, mm. where campus news, uh, young party wings, like what happens with the leadership of like the young liberals or whatever, that tends to make mainstream news. Mm. It's considered news, right? It's like, oh, you know, I, I personally don't give a rat's ass about the fucking liberal party of the young liberals. But whenever they get a new leadership or whenever there is a conference, there's there tends to be some mention in the mainstream press. Right. And and in, in the rest of Canada, it's really marginal. It's really like that's a sandbox. It's not important. That's not interesting. Right. Even though it's the fucking it's the front lines of societal change. Yeah. No, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely like a resistance to seeing um, the politics of the campus is like real politics. It's like uh, people, you know, believe that it's like. Um, that you know students aren't aren't real players in like the political situation that's happening in their society that they're just like right. playing a game which is it's just so weird that people think that way because it's just not how um, it's not historical it's like so ahistorical <laughs> about like how the world works it's like very often students who are like creating all the change and so um, I mean obviously Doug Ford knows that this guy DeFranco knows that. Why don't you? <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck don't you? Yeah, yeah. And and then the other side of it too is if if we are looking to the United States for for some lessons about how this might play out, uh, with your caveat because I think the the press there being different is a is a big one. Mm -hmm. But the ability to infantilize the students who were making an issue let's say of trigger warnings or of safe space and to not listen to what they were saying and instead to build up a version of what they were saying to be able to set it on fire this happened uh at the at the the newspaper in chicago like the editorial board there was like fuck these students trying to be safe from things they don't like or whatever and it's like it, the, the 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 organized right wing forces to just ridicule the entire center to the left of this debate they are very effective at doing this and i think the problem is is that they take a version of what's going on that's not real they push that version in mm -hmm. it's when it does make it into the press it becomes a completely fake or or joke version of what it is it's like basically every fucking political cartoonist who's a racist shithead in canada which is apparently like a lot of them uh, you know, apparently every single one, yeah, yeah. like drawing <laughs> their version of what happened. And then you're like, that's ridiculous. Who could really think that way? That is you go to campus to learn. You go to campus to have your head opened up, not to reinforce your values. And it's like guy, like that is not how it fucking happens on any fucking campus. And it's so frustrating because average people are like, they don't think that they're being lied to all the time, <laughs> but it's like, you're being lied to. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, yeah, and that's it's it's the the white supremacy stuff that you were talking about right at the beginning. That's exactly what it is. It's like so easy to believe um, that that these people are just being uh, irrational and and bizarre and like just don't understand like this you know perfect white culture that has always and will forevermore protect free yeah. speech. <laughs> you know, and like the rest of you don't know what's going on. And that's like, you know, like, how could you think that that's real? How could you think yeah. that that's real? Yeah. Oof. So, you know, go practice some speech, man. Like, if you get sued, you know, I think we're all in this together. And, uh, and you know, support with to, to, to Michael and to anyone else who's gone through this or who will go through this, like, surely. 
And um, to every sue-happy piece of shit out there, go fuck yourself. Like, go fuck yourself so fucking hard. (laughs) (laughs) And that is how you use free speech, my friends. (laughs) I mean, what the fuck?